Hello, and welcome to the Student Ministry Conversations podcast with your hosts, Brent Aiken, David Pruitt, and Russell Martin. This podcast is all about equipping, encouraging, and inspiring youth pastors weekly with topics that are brought to the table by youth pastors from all over the world. And now, here's your host for this week, Russell Martin. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Student Ministry Conversations podcast. I am Russell Martin, one of your hosts, uh, uh, along with several others. But uh, this week, uh, we just want to uh, continue our practice of bringing you conversations with youth leaders uh, from around uh, the world, mostly in the United States, but to bring you conversations with youth leaders uh, that may help you and inspire you. And so uh, before we get started with today's conversation, uh, I want to encourage you uh, a couple of things. One is all of our podcast episodes. I think we're up to 120 or something along those lines. So multiple, multiple podcast episodes of conversations just like this are available on our website, uh, talk, uh, org. Uh, so please go visit that. There's also some articles and blog posts, and we'll be adding more of those and resources uh, coming up for you. So please make sure and check that out. Also, if you're on social media, um, then at Talk Student Men, if that is uh, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, uh, go check us out at Talk Student Men. Uh, and then also you can look up Student Ministry Conversations on YouTube and all of these same episodes that are on on Spotify or whatever your, your podcast player are. Uh, they're also on our YouTube channel and it's just uh, the recordings of those as well. So however you would like to uh, view, we are, thank you for doing that. Um, and uh, so I want to dive into our next conversation. So Doing something a little different. Uh, first of all, we have Courtney Wheeland, and Courtney is at Livingston Methodist Church. Uh, and um, so I'm going to have Courtney introduce herself, and then we're going to kind of flip the script. And Courtney is a new youth leader. Courtney, how long have you been doing this? Um, since May 1st. May So very, very new youth leader. Um, yes. So she is not even six months into doing this. And so we thought it would be fun. Um, we, a lot of times we bring you know, people who have many years of experience and, and such, but we thought it'd be fun to kind of have Courtney interview me um, and ask some questions. We'll have some dialogue back and forth and, uh, but kind of have her lead kind of that part. So as you're listening to this, these would be questions that uh, if you are starting off in youth ministry, uh, maybe you have some of these same questions, or if you are helping others as they start in youth ministry, these may be some things that the questions that are on their heart too. So uh, first of all, Courtney, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got to where you are. You can, you know, go really high or really short, whatever, but can I tell us about you and being part of ministry now? Cool. Well, first, thank you so much for having me here. Um, It's really a a great opportunity for me to be able to ask some questions. Um, But like you said, my name is Courtney Wheeland. I've been the youth director since May 1st. So very short time. Um, I was actually called to this position, just I didn't go looking for it. I didn't apply. I um, The pastor was had a plate of food in his hands when we were in connections after a Sunday service. He walked up to me and said, what do you think about this? And if that wasn't more God, then I don't know what, what would be. But um, I love it. Uh, it's going very well. The numbers are slowly growing, but it's more about the connections that we've been forming. Um, they're going really great. So, um, but yeah. I'm looking forward to asking some questions. So, and what, what, what was your first kind of reaction whenever he came up to you and said, was that, was it just like, yes, I'm ready to go. Or was it? <laughs> um, I actually said, you know what? It's surprising that my first response is not to find an excuse of why I can't. So that's a good thing. Let me go home, pray about it, think about it, and I'll get back with you. But um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't go running. So <laughs> Yeah. And, and, you know, that may be something to, um, as, as, you know, people are asking people to help, you know, we're going to talk about volunteers a little bit here. And so, uh, yeah. you know, maybe some of that experience, uh, yeah. uh is something that can transfer. That yeah. So, yeah. all right. So, um, like I said, a little, little different. So, uh, you're asking the questions and we'll see how long this goes. And, and if you okay. can stump me, um, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> cool. Okay. So um, first I've got, um, when you were starting out, what were the top five things that you would do in your first year of youth ministry? So if I'm starting off in youth ministry, I go, go to a new church or been at a church like you have, um, kind of the things to focus. And I'm assuming this is kind of like, you know, so you can look and go, hey, am, am I on the right track or yes. whatever? Um, 
and please jump in on any of these and, and stop and go tell me more about this or whatever. But okay. um, uh, we actually kind of did a, a workshop and I kind of went through that in my last episode was the same workshop that, that you were at that we did at your church, uh, actually for youth ministry. And so there's a little of that in there and a little bit of different things uh, within this. But I think the first thing, and we did talk about this, was uh, is to take account of what you have. Like, I mean, we, we kind of use the analogy, like you can't really know where you're going if you don't know where you, where you are. And so, um, whether that, and you're going to do this in any, anything you have, whether you are, uh, building a bookcase or building a youth ministry or whatever, like you need to figure out, okay, what do I have? What are the pieces that I have? What are, what's good? What's not good? What needs to be replaced? Um, what tools do I, am I missing that I, I need to go buy? Um, and I think the same thing when you start with the youth ministry, you kind of have to look at that. So, so, you know, who are the kids? You know, what, what are they, do you have junior high? Do you have senior high? Do you have more of one or the other? That's going to be a, provide a, a big, uh, kind of help you give you, give you a direction of where you're going. Um, are most of the kids who come there, are they churched or are they unchurched? Do they, are they siblings or children of, or grandchildren of people who go to the church? Have they grown up in the church all their life? Um, but there's also a lot of other youth ministries that when they get there, all the kids are from the neighborhood. They don't have a background. They don't have, uh, because that's going to affect things like what they know. Because if they're from the church, you know what they've kind of been taught in Sunday school. You know, they have a kind of a, at least a basic Bible background. If you say Moses, they're going to kind of know at least what you're talking about or Noah yeah. in the ark. You may have an idea. Um, but if you have those from the neighborhood who you do not know, you, you may be, that may change your curriculum. That may change your approach. That may change the time that you spent, attention spans. Um, you can't really go off of that. So I know that that uh, we worked really hard with our children's person in my church, my previous church, to make sure we had this continual uh, deal. I knew what they learned. They were learning. You know, they had kind of their core beliefs and things that they were learning, and I could build on that for the most part. Uh, but if you're going into a church for your first time, like that's not anything that you you may, you, you it may not be the same case for you, right? Um, and so that, you know, the people, uh, your volunteers, like if you're going into a church, you need to find out from your, uh, from the volunteers who are there. Um, you know, it's a tendency a lot of times when you get a youth director and I don't know if this happened with you, but, uh, many times, a lot of times there's a volunteer base that is keeping that program going in the interim. So you have a youth director, they have volunteers, the youth director leaves. And so somebody says, Hey, we'll keep it doing it. We'll keep it going for some case. And a lot of times what happens is when that new youth director comes in, they're like, all right, she's here or he's here. We're out. Yeah. And so that volunteer base that you had, that was maybe five or six uh, parents were like holding on for dear life. Uh, once you come they're you know, sometimes they're like, hey, what can we do? But a lot of times they are, we're out of here. Um, yeah. So kind of knowing, knowing that and knowing what your volunteers are going to be like. And do you need to, to lean into, uh, you know, finding volunteers for the first time, um, you know, or, or how do you, you do that? So, uh, so no, kind of taking account what you have, your facilities. Um, do you have a youth room? Do you have, uh, you better say something. Oh, I was just gonna, I didn't know if you were asking me or you were just yeah. saying, if you oh. do. We, we well, the, a- yeah, I mean, that, that, that's what I would, I would ask those. I mean, I, I would kind of find out, yeah. you know, do you have a youth room? Do you have, um, what's the schedule of the church? What are the, what's the calendar of the church? Um, what are the, the Sunday afternoon activities they always do? So we always do hanging of the greens or I always do um, uh, the fifth Sunday dinner or whatever like that. So that calendar is important to have and know uh, your school calendars are important to have and know, uh, do they match up? I mean, do y'all have, y'all have one, basically one school or is it y'all have several schools? We have two two typically that come here one main school um right here in livingston and we have one other school that they the schedule is just a little bit different mm-hmm. um and so i mean like that's going to affect your um you know if you're having youth on a sunday night when one school's out on monday and one school's not like you know do you do your big program that night or do you, you know that several are going to be gone so so take into account like what are some other things that you would think um that you that you kind of so like I said, you're going to interview me some, but I'm asking you questions too. Um, so what are some other things that, that you would add to that list when you're talking about, because you, you are, have just started. 
So you may have some perspective that somebody else uh, may not have or that I don't have because I've been doing it for a while and I've forgotten. Um, I think that knowing where you're at financially, like you, well, it's part of the resources that you're talking about, uh -huh. but specifically that um, takes a big part in knowing how you can kind of operate the, the, the following year um, and maybe having some knowledge of how the finances were run in the previous year. So you mm -hmm. kind of engage, you know, how much did they spend on Wednesday nights? Typically, what did this party, this type of party usually cost? Um, having that type of knowledge beforehand, it seemed like it could have been probably pretty beneficial. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, I mean, now we're dealing with, we have both Courtney and I are in the Methodist, Methodist tradition and denomination. Um, and so not everybody does this, but like one of the things we do is confirmation. Um, and so, you know, how much does it cost for confirmation per kid? Basically, we're talking retreats and supplies and things like that. Uh, senior Sunday, um, you know, we had 10 seniors this past year. It cost us this much. Looking on your sheet and your calendar, though, or your, your attendance stuff, you may see that you have 20 seniors the next year. Um, that's something you need to take into account uh, of and, and try to, to consider. Uh, that's a good point you make to be able to look at um, your, I mean, your roster of students and, and really paying attention to what grade that they're going into, because I, I didn't think of that too. Uh -huh. Hey, I need to be watching out for my seniors to see who's my juniors to see who's going to be seniors next year to yeah. be able to plan for that. So that's, that's some good advice. Yeah. And, and it, and it just helps you to th when you're thinking, Hey, we need to, if you come in with a group and you have two or three upperclassmen, then, you know, we're going to focus, you know, we're, we're going to, you know, pull them along, but we're going to focus most of our stuff you know, younger or how we plan, how we split groups up and things like that. Um, so people, uh, places, calendars, um, just a practical thing. And I think this was, we have a, a podcast that talked about, we have, a, we've had a, a couple that are kind of starting off in youth ministry. Um, but it's good to get multiple of them. And one of the things that was brought up in one of those was just, uh, like how your processes work in your church. Like if you need money, if there's credit yeah. cards, how you get things on the calendar, um, who are the people to the committees to talk to if you're asking permission for who, who are the permission givers? And part of that is who are the listed permission givers? Um, and then who are the unlisted permission givers? Right. Um, because there's always people who have ownership of something and it's better to, you know, to go at them and say, well, no, it says this. I mean, that's not going to work. So uh, example, we had a, uh, our United Methodist women group in my previous church, um, they had the tablecloths for the tables. Um, and they were their tablecloths that they had bought them. It could completely under their purview to have those. Um, but there wasn't like you could just go in and get them, like if you wanted to use them. And so well, that was one of the things we knew. We knew uh, who to ask. Um, and we knew, uh, we asked them the process. We said, hey, after we use these, it was for a senior dinner. Um, after we do these, use these, what do we do? And they said, wrap them up, put them in a, a bundle and leave them here. And so that's not, nothing was written down anywhere. And we could have easily gone to uh, the dollar store and gotten plastic tablecloths. But because we took time to ask permission, one, it helped us build a relationship um, and it helped us to uh, be able to use those. And the next time it was, they were like, yeah, you can use them. Just let us know. Um, and they would get them for us and do that. So who are the permission givers and who are the uh, unofficial permission givers within that? Um, so anything else you would think along with take account of what you have? Um, I would probably say identifying the, your people as your resource, the students who may be able to help you out as far as leadership goes and, um, really getting involved in the leadership committee. If you don't already have one, maybe making sure that it, you can formulate one and mm -hmm. have that solid team to be able to help you out. That, now, was, who, that would be very beneficial. Who are your volunteers and who are your youth that, because I mean, really like if you can get the youth bought in one or two or three key youth bought in, yeah. um, the others will follow on, on stage. So you, you got to yeah. kind of find those. And a lot of times that's the, the youth who, if they show up, everybody else shows up. And if they don't show up, the others don't. Yeah. Um, right. I know. Um, and one of the things that I did to look for youth uh, leaders is I always look for the ones who were cleaning up afterwards without being asked who set up chairs without being asked. 
like, Hey, can I help do this? Yeah. You know, then who were quiet and didn't say anything about it. And you're like, all right, they're quiet, but, but if they're, if they're doing that or they're saying, Hey, I'll serve pizza tonight or whatever like that, those, they just, it just kind of, you know, put a, put a mark in my, in my brain as far as to watch them further. Yeah. Um, as opposed to the ones who were just going, you know, just go right. and, and leave immediately and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, of course. So, so that was the you know first thing was take care of kind of what I have. And I guess the next is kind of part of that. Um, but that's just if, when you're first starting out is to have a bunch of conversations. Right. Um, so talk with the youth. I mean, your first couple of, of lessons and things and periodically throughout should be, Hey, tell me about your youth program. Um, I'm new here. So t- tell me about it. Tell me what y'all do. What do y'all like to do? What do you not like to do? And of course you're going to get, you're going to get some of the basic. You're laughing, right? Why, why, why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm laughing because just last night I learned that I have been mixing up the two classrooms for the boys, small groups and the girls, small groups. So just things like that. And, um, just knowing where you're supposed to be at what times so they're like, no, you've been having us in the wrong class the whole time. Like, you've, you've been there since that. May. Yeah, but nobody really <laughs> said anything. <laughs> well, it'd be, it'd be, yeah, but that's, you know, finding out those things, finding out, um, you know, with the youth, um, you know, what do you, what do you, and then after you kind of figure out where you are, kind of you take that account of what you have with them, it's like, well, where do you want to go? Like, what does this youth program look like? What do yeah. you, what are your goals? You know, what, what success look like for you? Um, and, and I would do those with, sometimes I would do surveys. Sometimes I would do, um you know, we're talking, especially talking about what we talk about on our series and things like that. I would, I would say, Hey, what do you, what would you like a series for us to talk about? What do your friends need for us to talk about? And a lot of times what, what your friends need for us to talk about is actually what they want to talk about. So whether that's relationships or that stress or uh, whatever that is, is, is having them be able to voice, Hey, we really, we really think that our friends would benefit from you know, those type of things. Yeah. Um, so, and that's what games and what trips, you know, what, what trips do they love? What trips did they, because the other thing too, is as you have a group that's been there for a while, what's a passion for one group may not be a passion for the younger ones. They just kind of held on to it because, you know, because we'd always done it or it was easier, but, you know, usually youth directors are coming in and there's probably a senior or a junior group that's kind of holding on to a few of those things, but that's an opportunity to set some new so every time you smile at something, I'm going to ask you a question why. So, because uh, oh. you recognize, like, uh, no, it's just, we're going through that right now. Um, it, it's been a thing, I guess, uh, in the past that ski trips were very huge. Mm-hmm. And um, anytime that I've brought them up, because I've been kind of guided towards doing them again for some of the older crew that have been here, but um, it, the younger group is just not interested. When I, and, you know, and but that's why these conversations are, because that could lead you to be like, okay, we're gonna do, we're gonna do one last ski trip for senior high, and and junior high are doing this new thing. We're going to go. Um, there's a a thing in Branson called Winter Winter Jam or Winter Fest or something. It's oh, a three. Yeah. It's a three day, three days of concerts. It's over kind of the the winter break kind of time. It's in Branson. You get in a hotel and you go to three days of concerts and we went, we took one day and went to silver dollar city. Um, but you know, with it, when you're talking with the, having those conversations, that's an opportunity for you to kind of ask, Hey, what, what have you always wanted to do that we haven't had time to do? Um, you know, and when you, when you're talking about summer, I mean, again, being in, in our denomination, we, we you know, church camp, uh, UM army. Um, but for whatever denomination you're in, uh, you probably have those set, set summer things. We always go to this. We always go to this and we always go to this. Do you always have to? And you know, which of those things are, do, do they find value in and which of those things have they just gone because they've gone and someone else may say, you know what, I've thought about doing something different. So that gives you a chance as you have the conversation with youth. And then when you go to parents, you have the same conversations. Um, cause you need to find out things like, are we too busy? Do we yeah. need to do Wednesday or Sunday or both or neither? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, now two. a lot of times your first conversation you're going to have is just whatever they didn't like about the previous youth director. <laughs> you know, I did have somebody tell me um, when we did our Q and a 
someone, one of the students told me when asking what they liked about the old youth director or what they were more excited about me being there, they said, well, I'm going to get away with more with her than I did with him. Thanks. Sometimes they, 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 and they'll test you because, but they are, they're set, they're finding, they knew the boundaries they had before. Yeah. And so they'll test those with somebody else coming in. Yes. Um, and try and, going well. and, and figure yeah. those things out. And uh, yeah. so, you know, and the, the other conversations, I won't dwell too long on this because we're already 20 minutes in, um, is church leaders having those conversations with church leaders. You know, what's, what's going well, what's where, where can, uh, we had a, a United Methodist women dinner, uh, dinner uh, fundraiser, soup fundraiser. And like, we were like the youth to participate in that. And so that was one of the things we made uh, a deal of. We just, and all we did was come in and grab soup and go back to our room. Um, but when they saw 60 kids walked in and get, soup and stuff like that and go back that made an impression and that was something that they uh, were you know impressed um and then of course and we have a couple of uh, podcasts on this but um talk with your pastor and make sure you're on on board with whatever that if that's a senior pastor and of course in your case because you have a, a associate uh who's kind of is i guess alan's kind of your initial initial um yes. but still with the scene still with the senior pastor too because it's their vision for the whole church. And so does your stuff match up with their, with their vision? Um, what other conversations would you, or did you have, or did you find any of those either more helpful or less helpful or what other conversations would you have? Um, the conversations with the senior pastor or the associate pastor? Well, just any of those youth parents, church leaders, pastor, like what other conversations um, just really getting a lot of feedback every single Wednesday since school has started, the volunteers and I get together in a little huddle and I just let them know I am all ears. You guys were here before me. I am whatever kind of changes you think we can make or should make what you think went well, what you think needs to be different. Um, Having those conversations has been extremely helpful because I'm not, it, it lets me know I'm not alone. I'm not up there trying to run an entire program by myself because I'm getting buy-in from the people that are helping me because I'm letting them help me. So mm -hmm. uh, having that kind of conversation and really learning a lot from who was here before me, which is the associate pastor, um, just making sure that he's somewhat in the loop of everything that's going on to kind of get the feedback from someone who's been more experienced. Um, and also with the students, um, we haven't had any junior high on the leadership committee, but I've been having those conversations with possibly, you know, bringing a couple of them in just because I want their feedback and opinions too. So, um, those are just a few of them that we've so been having. What, what is that? So I don't know why I left volunteers off, but that should be definitely, you know, one of the top on the list. Um, the other one I had was other youth leaders in your area. Um, that may be helpful because you kind of know what are, you know, when see you at the poll or when's, uh, you know, fields of faith or are there things that most of the other youth groups do that, um, you know, because if, 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 there's, if there's a big community youth thing on a Wednesday night, you, you may not have anybody in your group you know, maybe may better to do that with them. So, and, and they're going to know the schools. They're going to know, especially, and this would be especially if you're first coming into a youth program. So anybody who's doing that, they're going to know the rules about visiting kids in schools. If you can do that, if you can't do that, um, they may know things like one of the things we had, I think I had in Livingston, um, I had in several other place, places, I did. There was a little pass that the school district would give to youth leaders. Oh, um, cool. And it was, it was general admission. So it wasn't like the reserve seats or anything like that, but all the volleyball, all the basketball, all the, uh, going to the football game, you could sit in the general admission part of the football game, which typically you go sit in general admission. And then there's some parent somewhere who doesn't have somebody with them that you can go sit with them. Um, and so, yeah. Um, and so that's one thing I did was, you know, is I found that one, one place I had to buy it, but it was like 10 bucks. It yeah. still saved a ton of money from, going but a lot of times those school people want you up there because you're influenced with those kids and so they'll be like right. yeah 
Um, and, and getting to know them. So if you can go and talk to the other, to the school people, administrators yeah. or principals or things like that and uh, volunteer anyway, or be friends and cause that'll get you in a, in, in a gate uh, on the field for a, for a football game afterwards, or that will get you um, some places that you may not normally be able to go. So, yeah. um, so we talked about like, take account, have conversations. Um, the thing that I wrote down that I don't think I, I mentioned in that workshop we did was I wrote down start reasonable and don't set unmanageable expectations. And I originally was thinking this youth wise. And then as I wrote it, I started thinking I wrote more for personal than, than, uh, youth. so where do you think I'm going when I, when I mentioned that? Um, I would in a broader sense, just don't set too high of expectations to be let down and actually make your goals reasonable and attainable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm thinking like, okay, so we're going to have some youth leaders who are watching this, who are coming in, they're single. Um, okay. They can spend every waking hour with youth ministry. They can be at every game. I remember doing it. I mean, I was at the ball field every night. Um, I didn't have a life except for what I was doing with that. And looking back, that probably wasn't wise. Um, especially if you're going to be somewhere for a period of time and you may go from being single to being dating someone or um, going from having just you and your, your husband to having a family. Um, I'm so sorry. Okay. I'm so sorry. Sorry. I did not know my phone wasn't on silent. <laughs> That's all right. Um, no, no problem. Um, so like if you, uh, if you were going from being single to possibly relationships or ha- not having a family, but wanting to have kids, like there's going to be things you have freedom and time and money and resources and things you'll have in one stage of life. You won't have in the next. So, I mean, I guess if you're, if you're going to be someplace for two or three years, that means this may not be as big of a deal. Um, but you don't want to set, um, you don't want to set those expectations of you're going to be at every game or even just coming in and you're eager I'm going to be at every game that everybody plays. Well, the next year, whenever, or later that year, or something comes up and you get more busy at church or you get more busy with family or something like that, and you can't do that, have you set those expectations? And I think you, there's definitely a push when you first start somewhere. You're going to do some some extra things, but but don't do so much that it's, you know, don't don't, don't show up at 8 o'clock in the morning in the office every day for for six weeks and then decide you're going to change your schedule to be showing up at 10. (laughs) I'm laughing because that's something that, um, that I've actually personally done. I did set such a high expectation for myself to be here. Like the first few weeks I, and, and this is without going to any of the kids extracurriculars. This is summertime, not much going on. I was pulling 56, 60 hour weeks, but for what? There was really no, I mean, just because I thought I needed to be here, I'd get here early and I'd leave late and commit to all of these things that were really unnecessary because um, they had nothing to do with my ministry. And I just put myself in all of, I put myself in a position where I was burning out really quick Mm -hmm. and I had just started. So you're right. Just don't put all of that weight on you from the very beginning because things are going to change and you're not going to want to work that many hours in one week. How did, how did you, cause this would be helpful for people. Um, how did you kind of make that shift? Or are you um, still, are you still working 60 hours a week? No, <laughs> I have definitely, um, I've just put more boundaries on myself, more boundaries with my time and, made myself um, be a lot more effective with my time management and also um, being very strict with myself that I'm not going to allow myself to stay just because I think I have one more thing to do, one more thing to do. Um, Someone told me a few weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago, um, that most of what I do, most of what I spend the most time doing won't matter anyways that there's so it was a little bit hard to hear but it's true because of just who I am just focusing on the smaller things and every single little detail when really and I was just putting too much stress on those things so I didn't really mean to say what I'm doing doesn't matter it just those tiny little things that I was consuming my time with those 
weren't going to matter in the bigger picture. The message, the connection you have with the kids, that's what matters. I'm trying to remember um, there's some, it's some business kind of stat or comes from a deal, but it's like the 80% and somebody, somebody correct me and somebody send in the reference whenever you hear this, but um, like the 80% is easy to do. Like the 80% of whatever program or whatever ministry. Um, and you just got to figure out, is it and 80% gets you a good solid, whatever that is. So whether that's a, a trip or a youth program or um, creating a website or writing a song, like whatever task is kind of some, supposedly supposed to be a universal deal um, that the 80% is kind of what you, the easy to do. Like that's what you would typically do in a deal. So, um, yeah. but it's that last 20% that you kind of got to have to decide, is it worth, yeah. you will spend more energy on that last 20% than you will on the 80%. Um, right. and, and right. I would argue that some of those things are worth it. Sometimes it is worth it. It is worth putting that extra effort in, but sometimes you gotta look at it and go, you know, it's not, that's, uh, with whatever that is with whatever, um, program or uh, youth night or message or worship service or whatever like that is that last little bit. And that may be like, um, you know, I will, I will sit and spend three hours making a new intro video for our worship service. Mm -hmm. And literally it's 30 pictures with music in the background, but I will go through, Oh, I have this picture and I have too many of these or, um, you know, mm -hmm. or I'll be at a mission trip and doing a, 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 a a video for the end of the week. Like, do I have every single small group and every single person? And is this person in there too many times? And is this the right <laughs> song? And, yeah. and really in the end, like it's 10 minutes, they sit and watch a video and they, and they go on and nobody ever sees it, but I've done all of that. And so I think sometimes those are important, but I think you can get down in the weeds and caught up uh, yeah. with those type of things. For me, it's like, creative things a lot of times is what I do it. But is that, is yeah. that kind of what you're we're thinking of? Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Just exactly to the T pretty much yeah. just focusing, zoning in on too many of those tiny things that yeah. really, you know, like you said, someone will watch the video one time and never even be able to tell the difference of whether you put that one person in there too close <laughs> or something like that. But And, and, and okay. I'll, I'll get, I mean, I'll be like, we, we sent out giving statements earlier today and I put the, I put the, uh, logo in and there's a faint line around the logo that's not supposed to be there. Oh no. And I'm like, oh, I want to redo them. And, and my, my finance administrator's <laughs> like, no, it's fine. It'll be okay. So, yeah. um, but that, you know, that, that's that extra 20%. But if I, given the time I would spend, then I would sit there and I would use Canva and, or, or Photoshop and put it around. Um, yeah. so I think, I think the reasonable thing is, is with yourself. Um, but I also think it's with your program. Um, yeah. and one of your questions was how do you form relationships with upperclassmen? Um, yeah. especially like guys with girls or, you know, you yeah. can with a girl guy. Um, and so I, I think, um, you know, one of the, one of the things I was thinking of is to focus. And like you said, the other, the other thing you said sounded a little cruel, a little, a little harsh, but, um, this will too focus on those who will be there the longest. True. Um, so if I'm coming into a program and I have three seniors, and 14 junior high, I'm gonna yeah. focus on the 14 junior high. Um, now, I'm not gonna exclude the seniors. I'm not gonna say, you know, good riddance or anything like that. But if when I'm making my plans, when I'm making my um, financial choices, when I'm making my program choices, if I'm gonna, if I have a choice to cater to one or the other, it's gonna be to those who are gonna be in that program for the longer time. Because um, again, depending on how long you're going to be there. So if you are there for a year, then focus on everybody. But if you're trying to build something that's going to last, then I would, you've got to kind of focus in on those younger ones. And this was something that uh, Doug Fields, who wrote the Purpose Driven Youth Ministry and first two years in youth ministry, uh, told me at a workshop. And I said, hey, I've got these seniors um, and I've got this group. And he goes, focus on the junior high. Now, don't neglect. Do your senior Sunday. If you can do a Bible study form or um, but the, the thing I would, would tell you is maybe that's not your relationships to form. Yeah. Um, maybe there's someone else, maybe there's a, a you're talking to upperclassmen of the opposite sex. So you're talking senior guys, junior and senior guys, I guess. Um, yeah. um, maybe there's a, a teacher that's goes to your church that would do a, a guy's Bible study with them. 
Uh, maybe there's an, an older leader in the church, a guy who would meet with them and they do a fun, you know, uh, we had a group when I was in Athens and I had the same thing. I had a group of juniors and seniors who really didn't come. They eventually wanted to form their own group. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I was thinking, I was like, you know, I could fight that and I can make sure they're with us or I could empower the parents who wanted to help form that own group. And so that's what we did. They met on Sunday nights, the same time we met with youth. The juniors and seniors went over there. That group started off juniors and seniors. The next year it was seniors and the next year it was gone. We did We did our, I prayed for them. I went to their games. I saw them at games, um, but I was really not their primary person. I focused on the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th graders who we had. And that's where we built the program from. So, um, you know, and you may not be at a church that allows you to do that. There may be people who are like, no, you need to do this. But if you, if you have the chance, that would be my recommendation um, is to focus on and find somebody who can connect with them and, and go to their games and show that you support them and you haven't forgotten them. And, and, but, but there's probably someone already there who has a more relationship. And that may be one of those volunteers who, who kind of came in and, and it's like, peace out when you come in. It's like, Hey, could you, I, yeah, I don't, I don't need you on Wednesday nights, but could you do something with these guys? Yeah. You know, once a month or once a week or go play paintball or do whatever type type thing. Does that make sense? That's why, yeah, it makes perfect sense. That's kind of why I, um, I wanted to try to start bringing on some of the junior high onto the leadership team, just because this, the upperclassmen we had before the summer started, we had all of these meetings planning out our summer and planning all these events. But when the youth group is represented by the upperclassmen and they're not even showing up to any of the events or participating in anything, uh-huh. then we have all these events that the junior high weren't even really interested in to begin with. So I think um, I'm not sure if the maturity level is there yet with them, but I think maybe I'm looking forward to trying to develop it because what they want is what matters. So Well, and, and, and they can, I mean, Maturity level may not be there, but but they're still kind of they know, kind of know what it is that they're they're kind of needing. Um, yeah. And 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 doing I, I I mean I think I think we we talked about before. Um, you know if you if you have up to like what ten or eight or whatever like that, like split as soon as you can, and I think that's good yeah. advice. Um, and doing something separate for you know, junior or senior high, or I don't know when you do your fun events or whatever like that. And I know you do your youth program right after school on Wednesday. Um, but like if it's a Sunday thing and maybe that's, maybe that's, Hey, this week, senior high are going with Mr. and Mrs. Johnson and y'all are, they're going to someone's house and watching a movie and junior high are staying here and do games. Um, and the second week we're all doing something together. And the third week, this junior high are going off to do something. We would go, uh, down to just, I keep saying we, I was the youth director at Livingston where Courtney is uh, a billion years ago. Um, <laughs> so everything has changed. She has way more resources and way more building than we had. We had that little room with the pit in it. Um, oh, that yeah. was our youth room. Um, and, yeah. uh, but so we would go like to Humble or to uh, somewhere and go, go rock climbing and go, go eat like, you know, so, but that was a junior high day. And so you kind of built those time with those, with those groups as you, yeah. So, you know, yeah, doing those separate things. Um, uh, the other thing I had on the program reasonable is start small and stay small until you can't any longer. Um, you, you said y'all, y'all do small groups, y'all divide in small groups and do that on Wednesday night. Yes. And last night was extremely powerful. I think there was probably out of like the 10 girls that we had, there were probably four that weren't sobbing by the end of it. I was so blown away that they just was the first time that they ever really just broke down and were so comfortable to be able to let it all out. So it was, it was pretty cool. And I think that, I mean, they never would have done that if we wouldn't have broken off in the small groups. So you could, so you have uh, junior high girls, senior high, or you have girls and guys or. Um, because of the volunteer, I mean, my volunteer base, we only do just females and males. We uh-huh. don't really have, um, uh, the ability yet to split into junior high and senior yeah. or junior high and senior high. Yeah. Um, so with your, I mean, but with those small groups though, I mean, I know a lot of people are like, Hey, let's do a huge big event. Um, uh, how, how many are in your small groups right now? Um, probably 10 and 10 okay. or 10 and yeah. eight. That's a good, good, good number. Um, so you wouldn't want to do a program though that attracted a hundred kids on a Sunday night. 
no. and said, Hey, y'all come because you don't have the volunteers or the small groups or the space set aside or whatever. Um, yeah. And so I think that's one of the things I was talking about was uh, as you're you know, building small, you know, that eight, that, that 10, that 20 becomes 25, that 25 becomes 30, but you have to be able to know kind of where we're going and, and be ahead. Cause, cause you need to look and go, okay, well we have 20 now. Now I will tell you that groups grow exponentially. So it's a lot longer to get from five to 10 than it is to get from 10 to 20 and from 20 to 40. Like, just because you have more people who are inviting. Um, so, I mean, that would be an encouragement is, you know, already be looking at who are your, who are your, who are your future small group leaders. Um, yeah. uh, and that was something you, you wrote is how to recruit volunteers. And one of the, the ways that I've seen to do that um, is to have the volunteers recruit the volunteers. Um, okay. Have them, Hey, uh, and, uh, and this was, I, I, you know, a lot of my references go back to Doug Fields and the purpose driven youth ministry, but it's just a very good basic book with that. Um, and one of the things that they did is they had a, a um, they had teams of people. So they had a prayer team. Um, and that was, that was a minimal commitment. I mean, prayer is not minimal, but that was the, anybody can do that. Anybody. And uh, I actually had somebody uh, at the church, um, uh, uh, Miss Dabney um, uh, ran this for me. And so we got several people who we had all the people at the church. And at that time you couldn't do email. It was, it was send out a letter. And so mm-hmm. we would send out a monthly letter with the prayer concerns for the youth group and then uh, specific names. So we divide all the kids up into specific groups and we give people the same names. Um, anything we knew that, that if they had shared a prayer concern, we would share that on there and we'd mail those out. So once a month people got an e- a letter um, with the prayer concerns for the youth group and then the specific people that they were praying for. And we try to keep them throughout as long as possible. So you had the prayer team and then you kind of had the resource team. And this was those who I have a boat, I have a house, I can provide food, I can drive. They're not going to be your small group leaders, but they will, they will do in a pinch um, or they, they will, they will do anything you ask them to. Um, I had one parent in my previous church that she said, I'll give you one weekend a, a year uh, retreat overnight retreat. She goes, I'll give you one, use it wisely but I'll give you one. And so I would, I would look at, Hey, I've got enough adults for this, but I don't have for this. Could you do this? And so she would, all right, yeah. that's my one. And that was either a, a four day mission trip or a three day retreat or something like that. And she would do that. Um, and so you had a prayer team, you had, I have a resource team. Um, and, and then I had my uh, kind of Wednesday night volunteers. And these were the ones that they're not going to lead a small group, but they'll come up and, and yeah monitor bathrooms, monitor hallways, sit in a group with a small group leader, but not I don't want to lead, but I'll sit in there. Um, and then I had my small group leaders. Um, and then I had a core from that. So it kind of went in with that, but what, what they talked about doing was do a dinner for all of them and invite okay. everybody. Hey, you support the youth group. We're in your, and you can do this at the end of the summer when you've, I take, bring your tri- your pictures back from your mission trips and things like that. Um, but they uh, we do a dinner and seat your small group leaders at different tables. And then your prayer team come around there and, and just have them sit wherever. And part of the conversation you're and you coach your small group leaders to say this is, um, Hey, what do you, what do you do? How do you, you know, what's your part? Oh, well, I'm on the prayer team. Well, it's great. I think we thank you for your prayers. Have you ever thought of being a small group leader? Well, I never could do that. Well, you know, I thought that too. Um, but, but I got in and, and these are some of the kids in my small group and you, they're sitting there too. Um, and they provide us all the stuff. And, and um, I started off as an assistant in the small group leader, which means I just was in the room. I was a positive influence in the lives of the, the youth. Um, but then I've worked into that. It's like, would you be interested ever in just coming to assist me one night? Um, yeah. And so you're creating those conversations of somebody who's been there. You're supposed to ask them. You're the youth leader. You're going to ask. They go the other way when they see you walking down the hall. Um, (laughs) You know, but it's somebody who's a friend of mine who I'm in a science school class with, or it's somebody who is in the, you know, our kids play, play soccer together or whatever like that. And so it kind of created those opportunities. So I, I want my small group leaders to find their other, you know, move people up from prayer to resource to that. Um, And the other thing was ask the kids, Hey, who, who are just observe and I'll say, who would be a great, who'd be a great small group leader? Um, would you ask them? It's a whole lot harder to say, 
no to the three junior high girls who come up to you and say, Miss Courtney, Miss Courtney, we we wondered if you would, uh, you know, and create an easy thing, a one night thing or a small series or a, hey, just one night, would you come and, and do this? And then, or help with this event or whatever. And then they could go into that. So that'd be a way to, to recruit volunteers. Um, yeah. But because you're going to need that as you continue to grow. Um, and the, the third the third thing on the program is I wrote down build roots, not fruit. Um, and there's a story that I read somewhere about, I, well, when I read it, it happened to me. I got some plants. I was going to plant them in my flower bed and there were daisies or pansies or something. I don't know what they were. But anyway, and it said, plant them and then pull off all the flowers. I was like, well, that's counterproductive. I'm pulling <laughs> off all the flowers. But the point was, is if they're not focused on producing flowers, they focus on producing roots. Yeah, and you go. have a stronger flowers later. And so whatever you can do to build roots with your small group leaders, your, you know, your schedule, your program, your church, the more you can build roots. And this, again, this is long-term thinking long-term versus short, short-term plant the flowers in, you're going to rip them up later. But if you're looking at building something five, six, 10 years, plant those roots because that fruit's going to, going to build. Um, and part of that is was the fourth uh, the fourth thing you said five so I have four and we can come up with the fifth one, um, yeah. but that was uh, and I just wrote culture like what's the culture of a youth group what do you want your culture of a youth group to be, um, and that's a, you know it's a we talk about culture and that's kind of a, a word but uh, a buzzword but it's like what's the the attitude what's the feeling what are the unwritten rules in your youth group, um, yeah. I never made a rule that you couldn't have cell phones in small group, I never wrote it down as far as the deal. Um, I let my small group leaders, which were adults and youth, I had youth and adults paired up leading small groups. And it was amazing that about four weeks in, I started walking to small groups and all the phones were in a basket on the side. So I didn't have to come up with that. It wasn't something top down. It it became part of the culture. And as those, as those students, so I'm thinking particularly of one of my girl small groups, as they grew up in that small group and then they became small group leaders, they carried those things with them. They knew the things that you just automatically did. They knew how you acted when we went in a van uh, and we went somewhere. They knew when to turn things in and we're not, we're not, we're not uh, a youth group that we do last minute turning in of stuff and, and stuff they, they had built that, but it wasn't me who was setting those rules hard and fast down. It was built up from the youth. And that's where you build that culture with those sophomores and, and down and their parents and build that, uh, you know, build those things as part of that culture and building that culture up. So, yeah. um, well, that's four things. What would you, what, what would be number five? What's the, what, what are the things that you would say um, that you would put in your first year of youth ministry? What did you do uh, that I haven't mentioned? Or what did you do that you regret doing? Or, you know, you take, you take the last one. Okay. Um, what did I do that I regret doing? I didn't go into the group and set the bars that I told myself in my committee that I was going to set. Um, as far as some of the guidelines that we wanted to put in place, I really had this idea that I was going to go in gung ho, uh, my we've had a little bit of PDA issues in the past um, and just certain things like that. And I, I told myself and my committee, you know, I'm going to go in, I'm going to be strong about this. This is what's going to happen. And I did not do that. And I don't know if it was just weakness or maybe being put on the spot and then realizing it wasn't easy as I thought it was going to be, but um, sticking to those guns is something are not doing so actually is probably something that I regret. And I think that it's still new. The school year is still new for me to be able to start. So I actually told myself last week that I was going to, and I, so I started initiating some of those um, ground rules that I told myself in the committee that I was going to. So we're slowly getting there, but. Where was the need for those ground rules come from? Was that the parents who said, Hey, we need to do this as you first came in or something that you had noticed or something the kids had said, or it was something I noticed. And also the rest of the church noticed. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
if the pastor is having to go up to the youth and tell them that you don't need to be spooning in the middle of the foyer, <laughs> there's a problem there. So, <laughs> and this is probably so, a whole other podcast, but yeah. <laughs> so just knowing that I didn't go in and nip that right in the bud from the mm-hmm. beginning, I, 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 like I told myself I was going to that it's completely on me. And, um, so I'm starting to be able to be more comfortable in doing that. I think initially because I was so worried about them liking me. And I, maybe that's the like one of the downfalls of many new youth pastors or not. I'm not sure, um, youth directors, but I failed at that. And so now I'm trying to correct it. No, and I, I, think that's a big, I think that's a big thing that youth leaders face. You're going in, you want to be liked. I mean, we, I talked about this earlier. Uh, with somebody else like you want to be liked you want to you know be the fun cool you know aunt or you know friend or or whatever um but you know but somebody told me once it's like you can be their best friend they can't be yours yeah um uh so there will be things that yes you're going to have a blast and have fun but but it it is a lopsided relationship um and the responsibility lies on the youth person as far as the yeah. Um, and that's, you know, that, that brings me to, uh, you know, I talk about, you talk about boundaries and stuff like that. That's like communication boundaries. And that's, you know, yes, you can be called at, at, for an emergency at any time in the middle of the night. No, don't call me at 11 o'clock asking me what time we're meeting for the yeah. deal. Um, or, you know, like just kind of setting some of those, those things, yeah. communication, whether that's Instagram or Snapchat or Facebook or text messages or whatever those type of things are. And, and all different groups do all different things. So I'm not going to get into what, what to use and whatnot, but, um, but I think you can set those, you know, setting those boundaries uh, within that, that you're not available 24, seven, seven days a week for normal things. Obviously someone dies, someone is in a wreck, faith crisis, something like that. You're available, but the other, you know, not, not everything is, not everything is an emergency and not everything requires you to be able to, to be there. Right. Um, yeah. So, well, what, uh, what other questions did you have that we really kind of have? I think we've kind of hit almost all the seven that you talked yeah, about. Yeah, I um, think so. I think that we've hit them all pretty well. They were all kind of intertwined with each other. That's perfect. Um, I don't know. So, fundraising is something you did mention. Oh, fundraising. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, practices for fundraising. Yeah. Um, and uh, and these are going to be totally opinion based because everybody does different things. I do not like any of the wrapping paper, uh, bunt cakes, um, sausage and ice cream cookie dough. Any I don't like any of those that are like I'm selling something, and if I buy it and I spend a hundred dollars, the youth group gets thirty. Like yeah, um, any of those. Uh, and really as a pastor now, I'm looking at going, the youth ministry should be funded through the budget of the church. Um, but I know that's not always possible. We do do some fundraising for things. Uh, some people want the youth to earn their money for the trip. Um, I use air quotes in there because I think that is a ministry of the church. Um, I think that is a mission of the church. Um, and the money we pay now to send some kid to camp or to UM army is going to pay dividends down the road. But not, I understand too, that not everybody sees it that way. Um, but I would, I would stick and I was stuck with anything um, or just a couple of principles, um, you know, things that you don't have to sell and get really bad return on um, uh, anything that you can just kind of help people make donations. Uh, yeah. So um, the envelope fundraiser is one that I've seen that we've done that you number uh, envelopes one to a hundred and you pick, hey, I'm taking number 23. I put $23 in there, which somebody usually ends up putting 50 in there, but 23. And like when you do all of them, it's like $5,000 or something. I do not, don't quote me on that. I do not have the specific deal, but it's it's on there. If you figure it out, you can look it up. Um, and yeah. uh, maybe I'll, I'll correct that and send that in before for the show notes. Um, the other thing, you know, dinners or things after church. Um, we used to, well, when we were there, we used to do the uh, pancake, uh, fourth Sunday pancake breakfast every fourth Sunday. Oh, and wow. uh, we'd be in the kitchen cooking pancakes. And uh, I can't remember the guy's name. It was Sally and Leonard, I think. I asked, yeah. I asked about the, the pancake. And they, they griddle and we did pancakes. It was a pancake breakfast every 
every month or so. Uh, so things yeah. like that, but also things that are going to not pull just from the church. So what are some community-based fundraisers you can do? Yeah. Whether that is, um, uh, we've, we've done like the Flamingo People's Yards and stuff like that. That was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. It's the only fundraiser I ever thought I might get shot or arrested doing because <laughs> you're going in the middle of the night and putting flamingos in someone's yard. Our youth group here did a egg, egg your yard. Um, oh. And so you got, you got eggs with candy in it, but just all through the Easter kind of period. Um, yeah. But some smart people hired them to come do it on Saturday night before Easter. And so oh, the yeah. eggs were hidden and they didn't have to do any of it. So, you know, things like that, but it, you kind of, whatever your fund, there's, there's, there's thousands of fundraising ideas, but consider um, if you're pulling money from the church or if you're pulling money from the community. Um, You don't want too many pulling from the church. Um, Consider the amount of work going in uh, for the fundraiser. You took, we talked about overcomplicating things. And um, for instance, we, so we do a pumpkin patch here. I did a pumpkin patch at my previous church. Um, It's not a fundraiser. It's a, it's a outreach event. Um, But a lot of people do, you know, look at it as a fundraiser because you, we we raised about $3,000 on it. Um, Nice. And, uh, but that's $3,000 for 30 days worth of 10 hour shifts, 10 hours of shifts per day. Um, mm-hmm. and I had parents who came up and said, I will give you a hundred dollars if you don't schedule me for pumpkin patch. <laughs> and so in my mind, I was thinking, um, all I knew to do is get 30, 30 parents to say that. And we don't have to do a pumpkin patch because if, if, if it's about the fundraiser, if it's about yeah. the money. So what are the things, you know? Can a can a three hour car wash raise the much as much as a month long pledge drive or whatever like some of those type things? Uh, something else we had people do was the stock sales. Oh um, yeah. And uh, so and that is basically a piece of paper that says I'm buying stock in the youth group and I'm paying a hundred dollars. And then at the end of the uh, summer, kind of maybe that same that same dinner, you know, all, all together, do like a stockholders dinner make yeah. them dinner, show your pictures, the return. Uh, some people do even levels. Like if you give a hundred dollars or more, then we'll send you a, a picture and a card from the event that we're on. Um, if you give so much, you know, like those type of things, or, or maybe if it's, you know, $500, you do a video updates for that trip and, and they con, you know, whatever, whatever, however it complicated again, don't make it too complicated, but a stockholders dinner because people are just giving money. Then it's just a donation. You don't yeah. have to worry about you don't have to worry about people getting anything back, so you don't have to worry about um, like tax stuff. It can be a straight donation. Um, you're not selling anything. Yeah. So any of those type of things, where I would encourage anything that's straight donations or mostly straight donations, um, or mm-hmm. uh, and or is uh, considering taking from the church and from the community. Okay. So, um, so you are you are you are starting off like I said you're you're this far into it. Uh, what advice do you have for someone who is uh, starting off in youth ministry? Um, like what, what, what are the top three things you would tell them? The top three, know your people and utilize them as resources. Um, the volunteers and the students and your staff. Don't be afraid to ask for help number two and um number three try to stick doing what you say you're going to do from the beginning so you're not having to backtrack and fix it at the end and and, and, you know when you set your goal be willing to to adjust those and and do that but and and i would say part of that is being you definitely want to leave room for god to do things you definitely want room for the holy spirit to move you definitely don't want to do hey we're just we're going to set our goals so low that we can, you know, we're going to have 10 people in youth when you already know you have 20, like that's, that's not wise. Um, so you want to set God sized goals, but, but also too, you want to make sure you are setting goals that you are discerning those through prayer, through conversations, through scripture. Um, so that it's the goal that God is setting, not the goal that you're setting. Um, because you can say, I want to do this. And God's like, no, you're, you're not. Yeah. Or, or you say, I want to have 20 and he goes, well, why not 40? Um, why are you, you know, why, why not this? And so, you know, I think those are, that's important to, to set those goals and stuff. So, yeah. um, well, Courtney, it was good to talk to you and good for, and I know I did a lot of talking and answering questions and I hope that you have found, uh, things, um, you know, that you can 
take with you. And if you're listening to this, I hope that you have found things that you can take with you, especially if you're starting off in youth ministry. But, but the reality is, is any of the stuff that we talked about is not necessarily um, like you still should, even if you're 20 years in, have conversations with people, you, uh, you know, set your boundaries and your expectations, um, you know, uh, have those conversations, take account of what you have, because what you have now may be different uh, than what you had three years ago or even last year, or look at, you know, coming out of pandemic, your youth ministry and ministry in itself is completely different uh, Mm -hmm. coming out of, out of the pandemic. Um, And there are things that you have, that you used to do that you'll never do again. Um, uh, You said the wildest situation, and I don't know about the the wildest, but I remember one, uh, this was pre pandemic and probably still not wise. Um, I told my senior high, we had a group of senior high youth who met on Thursday nights uh, and, um, we met at the church and I said, Hey, if we have 20 or more, we'll go to Sonic. And at Sonic at that time, they had like 31 flavors of shakes <laughs> and it was everything from chocolate and cook cookie dough to yeah. bacon and jalapeno. And like they had all sorts of flavors. And so wow. we said, if you had, if we have more than 20 at senior high Bible study, we'll go and we'll order every shake. And so my, uh, one of my high school uh, students, uh, very responsible, and ended up being one of my best uh, youth interns, uh, left ahead of us with the credit card and went and, and uh, ordered and said, I want uh, a small shake, 31 shakes. And the lady didn't, didn't believe her at first. And we, we did, so we got 31 shakes. We all showed up and we all ate 31 shakes. That's now, awesome. Am I going to do that post-COVID? No, that's not the wise <laughs> thing for everybody to be sharing shakes. Was it wise to do when we did it? No, not at all. Um, I'll remember it forever, and that'll be a story yeah. I, I tell. Um, and and I, I guess that's the the. Uh, if y'all go back and listen, to, go go back and listen to Adrian Lucio's podcast um, because he tells the story of uh, going to the church and uh, going to his church. And he just started off, and he takes his youth group uh, to the the corn maze in town, but he didn't do the research to find out that it, that night was like the haunted corn maze. And it was like people with chainsaws and, you know, blood and guts and all this. And so he, he, tell, he shares, I'll let him share the rest of that story if you go listen to it. Um, but that's something else to remember when you're starting off with this, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to do things that you wouldn't have done before. Um, you want to build trust, um, but you also need to have grace for your volunteers, for your parents, for your youth, uh, and most, mostly for yourself. Um, yeah. Because you're going to do things that are going to mess up and it's not the end of the world. And, um, and the other thing I would suggest that it's not on my list, um, is find people that you can talk with who are in the same ministry context. So, um, zoom, uh, in person, whatever, but meet with other youth leaders, um, and, uh, you know, share your thoughts and comments because things like this, like, well, there's things you shared here that I'm writing down. Like I want to make sure and share next time whenever somebody asks me these questions. Um, share those, share those thoughts and content and, and things with other people because, um, uh, and your struggles and find somebody who's not in your church or your denomination. So you can, so you can complain about your, your, uh, you know, immediate pastor or your uh, parents <laughs> or that one kid and not, nobody knows them. So it's, it's a good, it's important to have those places that you can vent and share uh, yeah. and do this type of thing. So, um, but any, any, any last words? Uh, no, I think that you've answered some really great questions. Um, you did really well with that. Awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, one of the things is, Courtney, how if somebody is else is starting off and wanting, uh, you know, because you've been doing this for four or five months, uh, but there may be somebody who's starting off and is doing it for one, and they want to get the perspective of someone who's just starting, um, or they've you shared something and they're like, hey, I want to know more about that. Um, how can we get a hold of you? Social media or email or whatever? Yeah. Um, Facebook sports slash course students dot um, course student 7100. Or you can email me Courtney at livingstonfmc.org. Um, also Instagram, just course student 7100. You can find us on either of those. Right. And feel free to reach out to me anytime. Yep. So uh, connect with Courtney. Um, and, uh, hopefully in a, in a year or so, we'll come back and do the, what did I learn in my first year of youth ministry? Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and yeah. I'll ask you the questions and you can say, Hey, we did this. So, um, yeah. thank you all for joining us. Thank you for being here, for listening, uh, for spending this hour with us. Um, uh, again, just a reminder, uh, social media, uh, at talk student men 
make sure and check that out. Uh, follow us. Uh, and if you like something you heard, if you like a podcast episode, especially this one, um, then tell someone else, say, Hey, go listen to, uh, this, go listen to Courtney on, uh, at talk student men, um, website, studentministryconversations.org. Uh, be sure and check that out. Also, if you are, have something you're passionate about in youth ministry, if you, uh, have something you have learned, you want to share something that, that really, uh, is on your heart in youth ministry and you'd like to share it in this format, Courtney, tell them it's not scary. It's not scary. Okay. So uh, then uh, contact us. Uh, you can do it through social media. You can email us. There's contact information on our website. Um, there's a little form you can fill out if you wish. Um, and let us know. And we'd love to schedule you for you to talk about youth ministry because uh, our goal is to capture those conversations of youth leaders. Um, because what Courtney and I've talked about today, uh, someone else is asking those questions. And so uh, we want to hear what you have to share too. So uh, if you would like to, to be on the podcast, let us know and we will get you scheduled. Uh, other than that, I hope you'll have a great week and I hope to see y'all again soon. Bye. Thank you, Russell. Bye. Thanks.